Therefore, in praying for the sick, we like to make the, the service, the preaching service, just as short as possible because of, of keeping the prayer line going. And then I think it's much more forceful if we don't uh, wear out this preaching. So, and as I've always said, to pray for the sick in the manner of the gift that the Lord has given to me as unworthy servant. I, I, my strength so quickly depletes anyhow in that under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I like to put all my strength to the prayer for the sick. Now that's what it's announced for. And now it's uh, maybe tomorrow night, I suppose maybe we better have prayer for the sick. I think it's kind of a question before Brother Moore tonight anyhow about us having to leave tomorrow. And... Uh, for Canada, or they have to cancel a Canadian meeting because they won't have time to make it. That'll be uh, their decision. So now we'll announce healing service or prayer for the sick tomorrow night, anyhow. So now you pray and come early to get your tickets tomorrow night, and then we can announce farther from there the way the Lord has given it out to us. And now, how many love him? Oh, isn't he wonderful? We're so unworthy of these things. I just think of how good he is to let us uh, fellowship with these great things, and we're so unworthy. I was thinking last night, I was so tore up when I come to the platform last night, and I didn't even have a text to read hardly when I come here. That hot weather is just about to melt me. I'm coming down the street for it when it gets wintertime. We'll put up this tent out here in the wintertime, so we can really raise up the sides so we can get some breeze again. <laughs> I'll get a block of ice to settle while we're preaching. Uh, tell you, I don't see how you live. <laughs> but you're accustomed to it, that's all. And uh, up north, why, my, we just love that cold weather. I get up and have the services there where they come to hear me preach in the sled loads. Get to 10, 15 below zero. Well, they just wrap up in them blankets and come sit out there. And every time I preach, it just look like a frost. So we freeze like that, and you blow your breath out. That's just right for me. I just love that. <laughs> and when I preach to the Indians, and I see them come and sit for the thousands and just sit on the blankets like that, it'd be way below zero. Well, we don't pay attention to that. Just sit there. The little ones get up and put the little blanket around them and sit there and listen to all the words. I preach to look like it, it would, your breath would be freezing as it went out. But it's uh, but when you come down there to where you <laughs> you're perishing, <laughs> then it makes a difference. But now it just be by adversity to you all. But we love you, and oh, if you only had, if I only move the north down the street for here, see, move the mountains to the north down the street for here. I love to live in Shreveport for the people. The nicest people I've ever met in my life are these southern people. And I don't say it because I'm down here. I'd be a hypocrite. But that's right. I don't care. I went into a store. Little old boy there, about 14 years old. One my country walked in and said, Well, what do you want? <laughs> that had been all of it. Never said thank you, come back again. Well, I thought that little boy was going to tell me I was his brother. I, why, he's just so nice. He said, Now, now come back and see us again. Well, you know, there's just something that sticks with me. I like that. I like that old-fashioned kind, you know. I used to say, uh, I was down in a meeting down in Miami, Florida one time. Brother Bosworth said, Brother Brandon, 
said, as you go out in the back, said, as you go through the little tent in the back, said, the, the Duchess says, let us have this uh, ground here, wants to shake hands with you. I said, well, who's she? He said, well, she's the Duchess. I said, well, what's that? And uh, I didn't know whether that's a different variety of woman or what it was. I said, yeah. Oh, he said, no, she's a great woman. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, now, what about all these sick people that wants to see me, don't you? I said, well, she just wants to shake your hand. She's just there to feel So when I went out, there stood a woman. My, my. If I had the money with all them diamonds she had on her fingers, I could miss you in the world. Then there, and she had a pair of specs on a stick. She, yes, she did. Now, she didn't have on her nose when it was wrong. She had it on a stick. And all kinds of bracelets around her arm, you know, like that. And she looked up like this when I walked out. She said, are you Dr. Rand? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. I said, I'm Brother Rand. She said, well, I am charmed. And she raised her hand way up like this. I, you know, who wants You know what I did? Uh, she's just putting on. You know, human beings don't act like that. Man. She do. Uh, is that right? Uh, they don't not. I am charmed. Now, what do I know about that? It's Kentucky Hillbilly. So I, I looked down and I said, I grabbed the over a big fat hand. I said, well, get it down here so I don't know what to do. Well, that's what I think people are just putting on. I like their good old Southern Street handle handshake. I like that. I really do. Say, hello, guys, stranger. <laughs> My wife, one time, was riding down town, what's been two or three years ago. And there's a young lady on the street which knew her. She said, hello, Sister Brandon. And me, he was looking that way, and I, I didn't hear her speak to her. And I said, hey, that, that, that girl spoke to you. She said, I spoke to her. I said, I didn't hear you, and I'm sure she didn't. And she said, uh, well, she said, I, I, I smiled at her. And I said, you mean to tell me a little silly you're in the thing? Well, I, I like to hear you say it, don't you? I like to not grin about it, just really say it out. So, but, no, and I just like that way that you all have around here. And up in the north, you're cold and different. Well, I went to visit my uncle, and we went into a, to a place, and I said, Uncle Charlie, who lives over? I said, you, who's that your neighbor? Yeah. And I said, how long have you lived here? I said, 20 years. I said, who is he? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, you don't know? Has he lived here as long as you? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to get acquainted with him or something in that much time. And so they don't stand up to one another up there. They don't talk to each other. So this is the Plattsburgh, New York. And so that's how the Catholic side of our family comes. And my great aunt founded the convent in Montreal, and it's very nice. And so um, they were real, royal, Catholic. So then, coming, I said, Uncle Charlie, I want to get some 32 specials for my rifle. I'm going deer hunting. And uh, he said, well, go downtown for a certain store. I can get it. So I said, all right. Now I went out, and I couldn't find the place, so I looked around. There's a, a man standing on the corner. He looked like an intelligent-looking gentleman. I said, how do you do? He looked at me. Started walking on down the street, and I thought, well, something wrong. 
Maybe it's with me. So I walked up, and there's a fellow walking out of a cigar shop, and he was striking his match for his cigar, and he had on a little derby hat and dressed up like a gentleman. He said, Good morning, sir. Could you tell me where such and such a hardware store? And he's trying to Carl Walton, I said, somebody's crazy. It might be me. <laughs> uh, I just don't like that. I, I like, to, well, I even hear your police will try to dredge you around and everything. I like that you got a wonderful group of people. If you just had some good, cool weather, <laughs> it would be fine. So, Brother Jack gives me the assurance that it's going to be cool. <laughs> so, so, but the one thing about it, friends, and everywhere you go, when you meet born-again children of God, they're all the same. No matter what country, we went into the hot tops of Africa, too, and we went into the Germans, we went to the French, we went to the Swiss, we went to the Swedes, the Norwegians, and Finns, and everywhere around the world. And everywhere you meet born-again Christians, they everyone acts alike. <laughs> They've been born again. So we all get that good southern spirit on. Praise the Lord. I said, Amen to that. I said, That good southern spirit. That's what they get. So that's very fine. Now, we're going to approach his word tonight and uh, read some of his word and get right into the service. Now, I want you to pray for me now as we go into the word. But first of all, let's, uh, let's address him and ask him if he will. Let us have His grace to fellowship in His Word. Something went wrong somewhere. <laughs> but I don't see. <laughs> I ain't supposed to be my partner, see. One time down in Texas where the angel of the Lord had his picture taken up where he was standing at the pillar of fire. Well, Brother L.C., the Baptist preacher, walked over and slapped another man right in the mouth. And Brother L.C. had his picture in the paper the next day over him apart. So... <laughs> And then come and step on the something down there to, or is it me doing? Or you got it there? I don't want to condemn him unjustly. No, so he's a good brother. So I see Anna Jean smiling tonight. I, have you heard from Brother Don there? No, that's all right. Faith is what we believe is God will give Brother Don a safe trip, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit down there where he's going in South America. All right. Shall we bow our heads now for the word of Most gracious Lord, these happy-hearted people tonight full of joy is because of your presence and your visitation to us. We thank you for sending the air conditioning tonight, fixed it up for us so we could feel more comfortable to worship thee. We pray tonight, God, that you'll forgive us of every sin every shortcoming that we have in life, we pray that your great grace will reach down and forgive us. Forgive every sin that's under the tent tonight, God. We pray as standing between the living and dead that you will forgive every trespass and all of our little differences. We pray that, that you will just forgive us for having those things and lay it aside and worship thee tonight in spirit and truth. When the prayer line is called, oh God, make your choice. Call everyone, we pray tonight, and heal every sick person. Save every sinner tonight. 
Call back ever backslider to the way of truth and life. For we ask that in the name of thy beloved child, Lord Jesus. Amen. I feel so the presence of the Lord so close tonight. I believe we could just uh, start a prayer line without saying anything out of the word. Just to read a portion of his word here and talk just for a few moments on an instant that happened in the Bible. We find this in St. Luke, the 8th chapter, and we begin at the 48th verse, and read just a little portion of the scripture here for a context tonight. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of a good comfort, thy faith has made thee whole. Go at peace. And while he yet spake these words, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and thou shalt be made whole. And she shall be made whole. Excuse me. And she shall be made whole. Now, our subject tonight is a great outstanding instance in the Bible. I love to rehearse his works here on earth. And when he was here in a corporal body, and as he has said that he would be with us and manifest himself to us until the end of the age, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if we can rehearse some of his instance just before we pray for the sick and declare to the sick and to all that he's not dead but alive. Or we see of his actions and his attitudes in the days gone by, then we can expect the same thing in this day now. Don't you think so? Yeah. If he is the same. I would to God, with this lovely feeling of spirit around the, this little group of people tonight, if each one of you would get into your mind, into your heart, that our Savior is not dead, but he's alive and present now. Just as present as he ever was in any age gone by. Just as present as he was with Noah. Just as present as he was with Abraham. Just as present as he was with the Hebrew children. Present as he was with, with all the patriarchs and all the apostles and all through the age he's the same yesterday today and forever the same now let's get that in our mind and remember that he is every present and there's no other creature that can be on the present except god himself no other creature the devil is a great force the devil has a great power and the devil is greater in his power, but he's under the power of God. And the devil can only be one place at a time. His imps can be everywhere, scattered out, his demons, his cores. But God himself is alone in this field of honest presence. Not an angel, but God himself. Hallelujah. Then that gives us courage. Wherever two or three are gathered together, I'll be in their midst. That's universal. Everywhere. 
And now, let's watch his actions for a few moments. See what kind of an attitude he taken towards the sick and towards the sinners. And then if we find his attitude towards them in the way that he worked, then if he does the same thing here, that's a absolutely infallible proof that he has raised from the dead. Aren't you glad tonight with the thousands of different religions in the world? And yet there's none of them can take the stand and prove that their God is a living outside of Christianity. Christianity is the only one that takes the claim of their God has raised up from the dead. Their God came to earth and was made flesh and died for them to take away their sins and appeared back again in their flesh to manifest himself until we're all made manifest in his glory when he sets on his throne, David's throne, and takes rule for the millennium. And then we shall see him, the very Lord Jesus that was crucified, and we'll look up on him and know him. And we are his kingdom and his domain is from eternity to eternity. Now I think of that. All the powers and every word is given into his hands. That's right. How wonderful. Now we go down and being a missionary, you say, Brother Bram, you take the claim as a missionary just going back and forth overseas. Oh yes, that is a missionary. One who goes and stays is not a missionary. He just changed residence. You go over there and stay four, five, eight, ten, twelve years. You just change residence. Paul was the greatest missionary we've ever had, and he just go here for a few weeks and there for a few weeks. That's a missionary, see. But one who goes and stays, he just makes his home over there. He just changed his residence. He's just living in Germany or he's living in Africa, somewhere like that. He's a pastor or or evangelist over there. Now we want to notice in our text tonight. It says here that it was on the instance of the healing or raising from the dead, Jairus' daughter, the little priest. Now our Lord Jesus was a very busy man when he was here on earth. He was he was in greatly in demand. He never stayed one place but just a little bit at a time. Then away he would go somewhere else. They persuaded him to stay in the cities, the different places. Stay with us. But he said, I've got to go to this other city for that what I've been sent for. And he didn't stay in one city but just a day or maybe an hour or two at a time and perform the miracle, leaving the rest of the meeting for his disciples that was to follow him. Now, we find him a few days before this great things he had done. And just a few hours before the instant that we're speaking of, He'd been crossing a sea, tired, weary, virtue had been going out of him, people had been healed, he'd been preaching the gospel, and on his road across the sea, the, over to the land of Gadaria, he got so tired and weary until he laid down in the back end of the boat. Yes. Some of them had fixed him a little pillow back there because they loved him. And when they was rowing and the sails are going and all the apostles moving with their oars, he'd gotten so sleepy and so tired and wore. See, he was man in one sense. He was God in another sense. That's right. He was man in flesh, in spirit. He was God. 
We just went through that. The dove came on the lamb and they two became one. The lamb was one creature and the dove was another creature. And when the dove and the man, the dove and the lamb united together, God was manifested in the flesh. That's right. And now he's manifested in your flesh by being adopted sons and daughters to the kingdom of God through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. And you become joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Old church, you've got the power if you've got the faith to use it with. That's it. Last evening in speaking of the Noah, how that the ark was built, how that one tree had to be cut out, and then they beat the rosin out of the tree, which the rosin is the sap, the life of the tree had to be beat out to make an atonement to save the life of Noah and his family. And the gopher wood that the ark was made out of, the gopher wood first had to be cut down and dried out. All the life in the gopher wood, which was not good, not preserving, very beautiful type of a sinner, as though you're standing Yet the life that's in you, my friend, is not worth nothing. Your good works and all that you are, your goodness, cannot atone for your sins. That's right. That's right. There had to be another of your kind cut down. The Lord Jesus, the perfect one, and out of his body was beaten with a cat-o'-nine tail across his back beat on the head, spit in the face, nails drove through and pierced in the side. And the life of him had to run out in order to be a savior for your life. Now we find out that the gopher wood, the first thing the ark being made out of gopher wood, it had to be cut down and its own life dried out. That's a sign of a sinner. The sinner before can get right with God has to dispel all his sins. Get light. Then the gopher wood was the lightest wood there is. And a sinner that's repented and laying before God is the most receptacle thing that can be. Then the Holy Spirit comes down. Now if you put that gopher wood in the water it would sink in a few minutes. That's right. Now the sinner's all emptied out. And then when the gopher wood emptied out, they become light, flexible. Then we find out, did you ever get real life? When you got out and asked God to forgive your sins and seem like that's just walking on clouds? Sure. Emptied out your own life. Then God took you to the tabernacle, to the gathering of the people, and he made you a piece of timber or a stone in the house. And then when you were nailed on, like the gopher wood was, then they took the rosin out of this tree, the pine tree, the evergreen, and put it, boiled it, and poured it into these pores that once was sap of no use, no effect, and poured the rosin out of the other tree into that and made it as strong as steel. And it could stand the judgments. And then when you pour out all your sinful life 
and the Holy Spirit boiled in the fire of the Calvary had been poured into you, it sealed you into the kingdom of God, breathed out the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of your redemption. Amen. That the little bounce and the chunks and all the other things that will never touch a born-again Christian. Amen. The Bible said, Ephesians 4.30, you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Amen. Amen. That book right on through the water. Amen. Amen. Your ship is on and sure will in one day. Right. Protected. Christ laying on this ship. Both God and man. God was in him. A woman here not long ago was speaking to me. She is a well, I don't mean to make light of anybody's religion. That's up to them. But she belonged to the group that said, don't believe in the virgin birth. And believes that Christ was just simply a, a good man, a prophet. If he was a prophet only, then his blood's no more than mine or yours. He was either God or the biggest deceiver the world ever had. Amen. She said, I'll prove to you he wasn't nothing but a man. By the Bible. I said, lady, I don't mean you can do it. I've read it many times through and studied it prayerfully. I said, if you can prove to me that the Bible said he wasn't nothing but a man, then I want to see your scripture for it. And she said, in St. John, the 11th chapter, the Bible said that when Jesus went down to the grave of Lazarus, the Bible plainly stated he wept. I said, well, what's that got to do with it? said he could not be a immortal, he could not be any more than a man, and cry at a funeral. I said, you just didn't see all of it. I said, it is true. He was a man in flesh, for God was in his son, reconciling the world to himself. He was a lamb in one place, but he was a dove in the other. The dove was in the lamb, God was in Christ. Reconcile the world to himself. Right. I said he was a man when he went out to the, the grave of Lazarus crying. He was a man then. But when he straightened up his little figure and said, Lazarus, come forth! And a man had been dead four days still on his feet. That was more than a man. That was God speaking out of there. I said he was a man when he come down off the hill that night hungry. Looking around on that fig tree for something to eat. Yeah. He was a man. He was hungry. Hunting for something to eat. He was a man. But when he took five biscuits and a few little pieces of fish and broke it and fed 5,000, that was more than a man. That was God's hand when that bread was breaking through there. Did you notice not only raw, raw live fish, not wheat, but already cooked, baked, fried, and ready to eat? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of an egg is when he does? That was more than a man. That was the God of the Adam. That was the God that made the Adam. That was the God that made the chalices. That was the God that made the life. That was the God that made the creation. He was in the world, and the world was not. And the world was made by him. That was more than a man, I said. Yes, sir. He, he was a man the night that I'm speaking of. The night when he was laying there in the back of that boat, so tired physically that he couldn't even get up. He was so tired to the waves, didn't even wake him up. He was a man when he was laying in the back of that boat asleep. And when he raised up and put his foot up on the rail of the boat, looked up and said, Peace, 
Be still, and the winds and the waves cease. That was more than a man speaking. That was God speaking to the lips of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's true. He hung on Calvary begging for mercy. That was the man. When he hung on Calvary begging for mercy, that was the man. But on Easter morning, when the angel of the Lord was torn away and he came up, he proved he was God.
That's what we're striving for tonight. To honestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Them who know them in the power of his resurrection. Not a dead God, not a God in a manger, but a God that's raised in among his people tonight, working signs and wonders, showing forth his great power. This poor maniac out there in the graveyard. That's where a lot of churches go. Right to the graveyard. Then when he got out of there accompanying himself, when they get away from the Lord Jesus, they do. And Jesus crossed the sea to bring deliverance to this one poor man. And as soon as this maniac saw him, he ran to him and fell down. And your soul submitted to the devil, to the devil used his tongue. You can be submitted to the devil and he'll use your tongue. If you be submitted to God, God will use your tongue. And he can get control of you. But first you have to let him get control of you. Uh, if you're cursing and damning and going on like the sinners do, the devil's got you in complete sway. Let God have a hold of you one time and watch what you're doing. Oh, how wonderful. Then this maniac run down to him. And the Lord Jesus rebuked them spirits. And a lot of people say religion will run you crazy. Not the religion of the Lord Jesus Christ won't. It'll give you the right mind. And you're not in your right mind until you have met the Lord Jesus. That's true. Why some people that call themselves gentlemen. But so beastly to their joy a baby out of mother's arms to ravish her. A beast brute lust in his heart. Maybe weigh 250 pounds of muscles like some kind of an animal. That ain't a man. That's a beast. Certainly. Man is not measured by his muscles or by his statue. A man's measured by his character. Whatever he is. He is by character. There was no beauty that said we should desire Jesus, but a lot of character has never been duplicated in all the world. That's right. So a Bible even said when we looked upon him, he was no beauty. We should desire him. We all turned our heads from him and everything. But a character has never been measured to him. What a wonder. Then this maniac, when he came to his right mind after the devils had left him, he wanted to follow the Lord Jesus. Everybody that ever gets the right mind wants to follow the Lord Jesus. I don't want to hurt your feelings here, but that's true. You come to your right mind, you'll follow the Lord Jesus. Jesus don't take your mind from you. He gives you your right mind. It's true. Now, notice, then when they come, go to have a revival over there. But you know what? Them people, they're the hog raisers. And they didn't want no revival because it cost them 2,000 hogs to have a revival. So they wasn't interested in revival as long as it going to cost them some hogs. <laughs> I just wonder if people around the country today about got the same attitude. <laughs> That's right. Go to cost a little something, but well, you don't want it. Want everybody on a silver platter. That's the reason you don't enjoy it. One of the greatest meetings has ever held. I guess was, I get on words Moody. I forget just who it was now. Anyhow, an old Irish woman. God laid it up on her heart. The more might remember the instance. Oh, back a couple hundred years ago, and. So, I'm not meaning he's that old, but I mean that he's not notified his history. So, I didn't mean Brother Ward is quite that old, am I? But, when this old washwoman had prayed and God had told her that she was 
Boy, I have her in Bible. And she went out on the street and passed out on tracks, hired some preacher to come. She took her wash bench down and cleaned out the liver stable. And hired and rented it with her money that she'd washed with. And when everybody throwed the the pamphlets down on the street and wouldn't receive it, a little old boy would come by with his daddy suspenders on and hair hanging down his face, and what he gave it away, lady? Give him one of the little tracks and invite him to the meeting, and that night when the preacher come, that old lady and that boy was the only one at the meeting. And when the preacher, true to God, preached just like there was 10,000 sitting there, and the little boy came to the altar that night. Was that A.B. Simpson? Yes. A.B. Simpson, who almost sent a half a million souls to God. Who gets credit for it? Amen. You see, it's not the big things you do, it's the little things you leave undone. You've got to sacrifice. Well, that's the reason the people of God come into a meeting. Well, they come up a thousands times thousands. They like to get out in the cold. They like to do something for God. That's what we ought to do. Don't make a difference what it is. Let's do something for God. Make a sacrifice. Well, the Bible said that we are priests of God making spiritual sacrifices. The fruits of our lips giving praise to His name. All right. But when that people thought it was going to cost them a few hogs, they come down and asked him to leave the country. So if you ask him to go, he'll go. He won't stay around there at home. No, no, he will never stay where he's not welcome. He always comes where he's welcome. Remember the sermon not long ago, the woman washing Jesus' feet. He always stays where he's welcome. He feels at home when you welcome him. You pray like everything for a revival to come to Shreveport. Then Jesus can come to Shreveport. A great revival starting somebody. And my, my. Instead of talking, trying to get people in, the bigger part of them says it's fanaticism. The churches here in the country, not street, for all the country, pray for a revival. The first thing you know, when a revival spirit breaks out, some old sister's heart just say, Well, praise the Lord! <clears throat> Put it up. Hey, I didn't know what you when I'm preaching him. Why are you making them welcome? Oh, you might talk to him once in a while down in the cellar or, or up in the other room or something like that. When you go to have a prayer meeting, you'd rather go shopping than have a prayer meeting. No sacrifice. That's the reason we don't enjoy what we get. I found out with my children, Billy Paul, I was working for 40 cents an hour. And I know that I had to be treated when I was a boy. Just pulled up with nothing at all, not even a clothes to wear to school or nothing. I said, if I have to work, well, I dropped dead. I don't even have the bed. I went out and I'd buy my little philosophy. I'd buy my little bows and arrows. And everything that I couldn't do when I had, uh, had when I was a child. You know what I found out one time later? Every week I'd try to get, save out a little money and buy him something. First thing you know, I found him in the backyard with all these playthings in the house with a teaspoon digging in the yard. <laughs> See, you got so much you don't appreciate it. The rest of them, I just let them root up the best they could. So that makes better. Well, it's better. Yes, amen. And you have to sacrifice. But he's never too tired. You know what I want to do? When I get the glory, I want to go over and find out how much pressure that legion's testimony had on the hog raisers around Gadarina when he got over. I imagine he burnt that country up in them hog rangers. Don't you imagine so? With his testimony, clothed in his right mind. Yes. See, I don't mean to hurt you, sister. It's you that strip off yourself out there in these little old clothes. You see, you ain't got your right mind yet. <laughs> if you don't need the Lord Jesus, you'll get your right mind and put on your clothes. Yes. Yes. 
name of Jesus, you put on your clothes, not take them off. And preacher, I hope that goes in and blow your heart. So that you know what that's a thing. How do you let your people do that? Tell them the truth about it. All right. Now, here he is crossing the sea. And on the tossed banks of the sea, when he first hit the waves and began to come back over to the other side again, oh, great tired, how tired he was when he hit the bank. There's a little woman up there that had made up in her mind, if she ever got close to him, that she was going to ask him to give her of his grace. But she found out she couldn't get close to him. She had a blood issue, so she just touched the border of his garment and was healed. Now there was a little man over there with the name of Jeronimus. I always kind of felt sorry for Jeronimus, because I believed that he was a secret believer. And you know the Bible is sitting on this tent tonight. That's right. Or if it wasn't for social prestige, that old dirty thing of social prestige. What is social prestige anyhow? Or culture. Our preachers has got culture. How they can present themselves. You know what I think culture is? Culture is this. A man that hasn't got nerve enough to kill a chicken, but you need a belly full of it when somebody else kills it. But I, in my medical profession, 
lets me know that there's nothing in the world that I can do in my line of medicine for her. The only thing I can say is, God be merciful to her soul. That doctor was done all he could do. He walked away from the house. I could see a little dry walking up and down the floor. All the time in his heart, he was thinking, if I only knew where Jesus was. If I only could find Jesus. All right? Walks back and forth. So he thinks, I believe I'll go over and see the, my district superintendent to see what he thinks about if I should send for Jesus of Nazareth. Now, that was in his heart. He had faith that Jesus could do it. Have you? He had faith that he could do it. So he thought he'd go over and see the district superintendent to find out if it would be all right to bring Jesus over. So he went to see the head man of the synagogues and so forth. They said, why it's your rights? Why it's ridiculous? Why we are the disciples of Moses. We know Moses done miracles. But Jeremiah, see, you know that's been hundreds of years ago. The days of miracles are past. So there's no such thing as that in this day. The only thing you can do is to come over and give her the last rites of the church. Let her die in peace. That's the only thing to do. That'll be the will of God. If your doctor can't help her, it's the will of God for her to die. How wrong that is. But all the time, while that was going on, Jesus had a tug. Called the faith of Jeremiah was pulling over there. That's what you're here for. All the time he felt like that he was crossed the sea. And now we have an idea ago that Jesus said in the gospel, I do nothing until the Father shows me by vision first. Is that right? St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees, the Father is doing first. Jesus knows just exactly what he was going for. Again, a call of one soul. And he crosses the sea. And so, first thing you know, Jeremiah, he come back and he said, I hear his wife say, where'd you go? I was just over uh, at the church saying a prayer for the girl. Well, she's already unconscious now. Oh my. I can just imagine saying, if I could only find Jesus, if I only knew where he was, I believe that prophet. I just believe him. I've seen him do things. I've thought it up in the scripture. This is my bread ticket. Here to be pastor of this church, but if I could only find him, if I could only find him, where he's at? Well, the first thing you know, somebody come running up around the street and said, Hey, you know what's happening, Pastor? What? While all the people around, of course, weeping and sympathizing with him, the good, honest people of the church, he's going to lose his daughter. And as one come by and said, You know what? After all the trouble we got around here, this girl dying, and yet I understand that that fanatic prophet of Galilee has just hit the shores down here. The hope begins to jump little Jai's chest right there. If, you know, faith cometh by hearing. Is that right? Somebody told him that Jesus had come. Somebody says tonight that Jesus is raised from the dead. What a hope! Amen! Oh, Jai, I thought if I could only see now... I'll express my, oh, 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 what will I do? I'll lose my job. I'll lose my congregation. What will I do? Well, maybe I'd better not go. Walks in, looks at the girl. She's almost gone. What happened? Right down in his heart, God began to work. Dress, this is your time. 
You know, God will give Christ the vision, and God works on both ends of the line. See? And he began to get in his heart. Oh, I believe I'll go see. So he calls Mrs. Dryas out. And he said, uh, uh, you know, honey, I have been thinking of something. Yes, dear, what is it? Well, uh, you, of course, you know I'm pastor here. Yes, uh-huh. Whatever. Who you go get preacher funeral? Well, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm not thinking about her funeral, honey. Uh, you know what? I, well, some time ago, I was over the other side of the, the lake, and I've seen this prophet of Galilee. And I've seen him do a miracle there one day that just startled me. And you know, I believe that he could help my daughter, our child. Don't you be so honey? She said, you know, I want to tell you, sweetheart, I, I, I believe that same thing. Well, honey, do you mean you've been believing all that? Yes, so have I. Oh, my. Peace is going to come to that home pretty soon. <laughs> when father and mother can get right with God. Something's going to happen. Why, he said, are you willing, if they excommunicate me, are you willing to stick by me? Here, I'll stick by you through thick and thin. That's my marriage vow. I'll stick by you. If you want to go get him, I'll be here on my knees praying till you come back. Let the congregation say anything they want to. We believe God. Amen. I hear it right. That's it. That's the vision. We'll believe God. Amen. All right. Let the rest of them. David said, it's for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. That's right. No matter what the neighbors said, what anybody else said, serve the Lord. So we find out then, little old Jeriah, he thought, he reached over, he got his little priest hat and put it on like that. He started walking out. First thing you know, he met some of the congregation. Where are you going, Jeriah? Oh my, what am I going to do now? Show my colors? Am I going to have to be a traitor? I'm afraid if I deny it, then he won't come with me. I've got to be a real soldier. That's the way. That's it. Well, congregation, I want to announce to you now. I'm going down to the lake. I've just heard that Jesus is here. Amen. I just heard that Jesus has arrived. Oh, my. I feel very religious. Jesus has arrived. I'm going down to get him. Wow, the very audacity, Pastor. Do you mean to tell me that you're going to degrade yourself as a scholar as you are? With all the BAs, the Bachelor of Art, and everything, your new degree that would just give you, the LLD. And you mean to tell me that you're going to mix yourself with that bunch of holy rovers? <laughs> what was it? He didn't say, well, I'll go like Nicodemus for night. Uh-uh. The need was right then. Brother, he couldn't wait. That's what it is tonight. We can't wait. Did you hear the news tale tonight? You read your newspapers? The whole world's in a turmoil on the Suez Canal. There's a third world war coming up on an atomic war. And while she's brewing, what could happen? It lays and who shoots the first atomic bomb? Your paper said that this country here was way hotter than it ever been for this time of year. Many places are the hottest it's ever been in that time. Why? That atomic bomb has already got this world moving from its orbit. Into the sun, just like God said it would be. The time is at hand. There's no time for waiting. Let's get to Jesus right quick. They say, well, uh, Brother Brandon, if you had an education, know what? I might not have an education, but I know what I'm talking about. I may not know the book too well, but I know the writer, the author, the well. I know the time is at hand. 
We can't wait any longer. Let them that's filthy be filthy still, and them that's holy be holy still. The hour of your decision is now. And this may be the last night that you'll have the opportunity. We don't know. Then he got to stick your chest out like Jerron said. Said, I don't care if you expel me, if you excommunicate me. Oh, he got some holy boldness in him. <laughs> That's what everybody needs. Yeah. Have for your right. But yeah. I'm going after Jesus of Nazareth. And if somebody sits around and told her, the main superintendent of them, cut him off down on the side of the road, he's lost his mind. He's gone crazy. He's gone down at that bunch of holy rollers just as sure as the world. He's gone down. There wasn't. Sure they was. Sure, that's what the world called him. And it's called him heretics. It's crazy. So then, the first thing you know, down the road comes the, all the chief executives, all the general counsel, all of them in the corner road and said, looky here, fella, where are you going? Oh, he, he done had something moving in his heart. If you ever get it moving in your heart, you won't care who tries to stop you. Right. If God begins to tug at that heart and you get moved with that tug, you hit it up in the world and then hell will hold you down. I can hear him give him a real good word. Then stand up. Come on my way to see Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm on my way. He's the only one that can provide help for me now. And I'm on my way. I don't care what you do. If you want my preacher's license, you can have him. There they are. Take him. I'm on my way. Amen. That's what the church ought to start tonight. That's what the people ought to start. Go away that old dead, dry theology you've been worshiping for a long time and find the resurrection of Lord Jesus. He that complained yesterday He that omnipotent, all-powerful. From the presence. Same in his resurrection as he was the days he walked the banks of Galilee. On my road. When he sees Jesus, that woman had just been healed. I can see Jesus standing there saying, Daughter, be of a good cheer. Thy faith has made the old drop there. Oh, what's happening? What are you doing? What are you saying? I see this little pale woman coming out. I say, Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Here she comes, sister, shouting. Drop there. Just a minute, man. I want to talk to you just a little bit. What is it? What's happened? Well, I had a blood issue. Are you, you associated with this gang? Yes. Huh? And I'm a, I just got healed with a blood issue. Oh, how happy she was. He starts walking on. He told Jesus now, I want you to come and lay your hands upon my little girl. She lay at the point of death. And she'll be made well. Now look at your eyes. He said, come lay your hands on. That was his faith. That was the Jews. They were taught laying on the hands. The Roman, he didn't want it. He said, I'm not worthy. You come under my roof. Just speak the word. He said, I'm a man under authority. I, I'm a centurion, and I have a hundred men under me, and they have to do everything I tell them. If I tell one to go and another to come, they do just as I tell them. I have my power and authority over them. And what was he saying to Jesus? I recognize you to be God in flesh. Right? I recognize that every disease and every sin is in your power. Hallelujah! It's under your jurisdiction. You can speak to it. That's all you have to do. And there was devil mind you. Amen. He turned around and said, I've not seen that kind of faith in Israel. But said, go your way. 
As you have believed, so be it unto you. And the boy was healed. Peter, one night, he had to have the word preached to him. He's out on the sea in a little old boat that's just about all ready to sink and all hopes is gone. And the first thing you know, while they were screaming and going on, praying, he's going to die on the sea. But Jesus come walking to him on water. And they got scared of him. The only thing that could help him. The only thing that could save him. And they wasn't scared of him. They thought it was a spook. That's what they thought. It was a ghost. And they were scared of it. Now, that's no worse than people with three or Trying. The only thing that can help you. The only thing that can save you. The only thing that can heal you. The only thing that will ever liberate you from sin. The only thing that will ever take you from heaven is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you're scared of it. Right. In this perplexed of time, did you ever hear the airplane wreck? The ships running together, perplexed of time, distressing the nation, great sights and sea roaring, tidal waves that's never been known of. Here's the end time. Here's the Holy Ghost here spreading forth this light, just like it did back there in the days of the Jews. As it was back there, so is it now. They were the Eastern people. The sun rose on them and showed signs and wonders of the living Lord Jesus. He promised in the last days it would be light in the evening. And here we are in the western world, the west coast. It's all over. And the light is shining down in Christ, raised from the dead, proving himself alive among us. Simple, uneducated ministers speaking the truth, God confirming the word. Oh, we got a lot of quacks, I know that. We have to admit that. We got a lot of fanatics, there's nothing to. That's right, but just remember every time you see a bogus dollar, remember there's a real one it was made off of. It only vindicates the truth. Right. It only shows that there's a real one. Not in this evening time. Peter said, Lord, I'm scared of you. <laughs> I don't know what to think about. But if it be you, let me see it in the Word. <laughs> Bid me come to you on the water. Let me hear your Word. Now if you're scared of this baptism of the Holy Ghost, let me show it to you in the Word. Yes. Amen. See if it's for you. When the Holy Ghost first fell on the day of Pentecost, they began to scream and act what you call like what you call holy rollers today. They were jumping, dancing, falling. The Bible said they act like they were drunk. Is that right? Well, Peter stood up on a little stump there, a soapbox or whatever he was sitting on, said, You men of Judea, you as well in Jerusalem, let this be known of you and hearken to my word. These are not drunk like you suppose, seeing it's the third hour of the day, but this is that, which is spoke of with the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. On he went. And they shall prophesy and all the signs, he said. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. They wasn't scared of the spook anymore. They said, Man, what can we do to be saved? Peter said, Repent, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, and to them as far off, them as three poor Louisiana, if you want to say it that way, or the uttermost parts of the world, wherever the gospel is preached and God is calling people, the Holy Ghost is still the same for you. That's the word. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's the word. Then step out of the boat and start walking. 
step out of the little old theology wrapped around tonight and say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I don't care what anybody says. Amen. Peter said, Lord, if it's you. He said, I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. Well, you sure make a mistake sitting where you are. That's right. You know, I have courage for a man. I have, I have a lot of respect for Peter when he stepped out of that boat and he did make a mistake. He started looking around and said, see, I got it, boys. I got it. And he started sinking. It ain't nothing you have to run along bragging about. It's something you want to run along and testify about and tell the world that Jesus Christ got yourself. Amen. Don't brag on yourself. Brag on him. What did you do him? Where it belongs. Put the power and the praise to him, not on some preacher. Rub on anything else. Don't think that you're something great. It's God's mercy that calls you to it. Right. Here he starts walking up on the waters. Just as soon as he heard the word, faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word. See, Peter heard the word. That's right. Martha heard that Jesus is coming. She went to him and got the resurrection of her brother. See? It's according to your faith, the priest that packed the ark. Faith for them was sticking their foot in the water. As soon as their foot hit the water, the, seat, the Jordan opened up. Their faith was touched the water. A blind man one time, the word told him to wash in the pool of Siloam with spit over his eyes. Jesus spit in some ground and made a patty cake out of it. From spit. What would the health authorities say about that in Shreveport today? Stand <laughs> there talking to him. Spit on the ground. Kept talking Spit on the ground. Then when he got on, he rubbed it up his hands like that and put plaster over his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam and come see. Amen. <laughs> To find the pool of divine sight. Hallelujah. To find the Holy Ghost is divine life. Find healing. Find joy. Find peace. Find Christ tonight. Amen. Amen. For your faith leads. Whatever you believe, as according to your faith. Jairus says, come lay your hands on my girl. She'll be all right. If you just lay your hands on her. Here he comes. This going on, the little Jairus' heart got settled down. Walking alongside of Jesus with his head up. Oh, I'm so glad I made my decision, Lord. Don't worry, as soon as you make your decision, the devil's going to give you a shot. Yes, he will. Don't worry, he's the biggest bluff I know of. But he's only a bluff. Yes, Did you hear me? Yes. He's a bluff. Yes. Oh, yeah, he ain't got one legal power. Jesus Christ stripped him of everything he had on Calvary. The full sin penalty was paid at Calvary. And the devil has no legal rights at all. He's just a big bluff. You say, well, my mother would turn me down. My daddy would. I, I don't care what the devil tells you. Jesus will receive you. And you'll be happy and peaceful. That's right. He's just a bluff. So Dryas got feeling pretty good after you met Jesus. Went walking along and said, I got a real hope now. My girl's going to be all right. Yep. He'll go in there and he'll minister in some way. And he'll lay his hands on her. And first thing you know, that girl started getting better. She get all right. Yes, sir. He's making himself believe that. Pushing right along with the crowd. Feeling pretty good. Who's this coming? Here comes a man. As usually a, a message of sorrow, they had ashes on their head or dirt. And they come running. Here he had to, oh, what, what, what's happened up the street? What, what's taking place? And here comes as a runner. Said, Jarius, do you know me? Yes. Trouble not the master any farther, Jarius. Oh, what? What, 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 what's happened? Your daughter's already dead. Don't trouble him. Oh, I can see he's just go down. But just as he starts to sink, like Peter did in the boat, he turns his eyes to see what Jesus is going to say about 
That's right. Won't you see what he says about it? If you say, well, the world turn me down, see what he says about it. Doctor said it's going to die, see what he says about it. See what he says about it. So Jeriah turned his little head to see what Jesus said about it. I see those lovely eyes of the Lord. He said, Fear not. Only believe, and now shall see the glory of God. Glory! <laughs> that was the word. Jeriah stuck his chest out. Just as brave as he can be, and walked her down. Here comes some more. Ooh, she's gone. Ooh, she's gone. Jesus looked over dry. He had his chest sticking out, going around all the Walk around down the road. First thing you know, here's the Rabbi Levitsky. Here's the old rest of the rabbis around with their hands folded like this. Oh, now you're executing the candidate of your church. Girls don't die. The doctor just left. The undertaker's there now. Got her in bomb, laying out on the stretch couch. You see what you got? Now you're without a job. Christ has passed on by as if he didn't even say a word. On by. Here they come all the church. We're ashamed of you of our pastor. But he had already heard the word of Jesus. He had already come in contact with him. He had an assurance. If Jesus said so, that's right. That's all that was necessary. Walks on up the house. They said, oh, she's gone. She's gone. Poor little thing. She died yesterday.
that would raise up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, by this I want to say to you that I believe you and want to serve you, want to accept you as my Savior tonight. Is there one that would raise your hand? God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, mister. God bless you, sister. Oh, God bless you, lady. God bless you. That's good. Over here, God bless you. That's right. Someone else? Raise your hand. Someone has to raise your hand. God be merciful to me, a sinner. I now want to accept Christ as my Savior. I'm now ready to follow Him in everything. I'll go with Him to the garden. I'll go with Him to the, to the river of death. I'll go with Him to the grave. I'll go with Him on the other side. I'll go with Him wherever He leads me. I'll go. Will you say that from your heart and raise your hand to Him as a sign that you now accept Him as your Savior? Someone else that has to raise your hand. God bless you. I see you, mister. I see you, lady. I see you, son. God bless you. God sees you, too. What happens when you raise your hand? Jesus said, He that heareth my word, I've been preaching, and believe upon him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but pass from death. Someone here that's been a backslider and want to come back to Christ tonight, saying, Oh, Brother Branham, I tell you, I'm like Jeremiah. I've been a secret believer all my life. God's been dealing with me. And I'll make trials, but I never did come. But tonight, I think that this is the time. I think that I was laid here in this little old tent tonight, that I might find the Lord Jesus. And before I see his manifestation and his power, like Thomas had to see to believe, how much greater is the reward he's never seen yet believe? I want to raise my hand to him and say, Accept me, Christ. Right now, I'll come home to you. Is there another one that has to raise her hand? God bless you, lady. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. That's wonderful. Someone else. God bless you. That's right, young lady. That's fine. Way over to my left over here. Somebody in there wants to receive Christ. Maybe they're a backslider. God bless you, little fella. I see your hand. God bless you, little boy. I see you. God bless you, sister. I see you, honey. A whole group of little, two little boys, two little girls, a boy. Just along the little teenage, raise your hands just now. We receive the Lord Jesus coming home to you. They're convinced that it's right. And if Jesus Christ doesn't appear here in all of his power, then I'm a false prophet. If he doesn't manifest himself tonight, right here among us, as he did in the days gone by, then I'm a false prophet. I believe him. I know he is. Now before you see him appear, Will you accept him as your Savior while he's standing here? His power, his moving of the Spirit. Some 15 or 20, raise your hand. A sinner is to come to Christ. Someone else, now, just before closing. How many years without the Holy Ghost and we want to be baptized? You've been believers and you've got eternal life because you believed on the Lord Jesus. But you want to now be baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Ghost. Would you raise your hands while he's present? God bless you, old multitudes. Great groups of people. God bless you all. Sure, that wants to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, you strangers, you Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, over at East Full God, I come from where you are, I'm still there. We're all one. We're not divided. Not a bit. I'm just as much Lutheran as I am Pentecostal. I'm just as much Baptist as I was the day I was already in the Baptist church. I've just found something better. Something more. Now, it's just more of what you got. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You receive Christ, sure, when you believe. But the Bible says, Have you 
the Holy Ghost sent you to leave. That's right. That's right. Amen. Well, the folks from Moody Bible Institute the other day, they said, Brother Benham, did you, would you quote that out of the Bible? I said, well, certainly, that's the 19th chapter. Paul asked the Baptist, the Baptist people, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's right. Well, I said, I'm a Baptist. I know I was taught I received the Holy Ghost when I believe. But the Bible said, have you received it since you believe? They said, now, we know there be any Holy Ghost. He said, then, how was you baptized? They said, unto John. said, John baptized unto repentance. Not for remission sin. Unto repentance, saying you believe on him that's come. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Ghost come on them. And they received the Holy Ghost, and spoke in tongues, and magnified God, and prophesied. That's what the Baptist church needs tonight. Amen. Sure. That's what Dr. Reed said when he received it. That's what Don Wells said he received it. That's what all these other great men said when they received it. Presbyterian Luther. Many of them. The day is on. The hour is here. You want the Holy Ghost? It's yours. If you've been saved, don't expect to get the Holy Ghost. God bless you, sir. That's right. God bless you. That's good. All right. Our Heavenly Father... I now bring each one the recording angel standing here, taking down every name that raise their hands tonight to receive eternal life and taking those names who are candidates for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The words that blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness for this shall be filled. Think what they'll be 500 years from tonight. Somewhere. Somewhere. When the atomic bombs done blown every mountain into power, the howling hot scorching winds, how the atoms of the sun will be blazing this on earth. Their tombstones even into dust. Their bones are done turned to dust. But their soul will be somewhere enjoying the presence of God. That great peaceful heaven. If they reject it in hell, they'll be forever. Oh God, what a time of decision. How you made it for man. To make their choice this night. And this little group that you presented to me, I've given your gospel. Many of them, dozens of them, fathers, raise your hands, you know. Now pray as a minister could pray. I intercede for each soul, from the least to the oldest, from the richest to the poorest. I pray, God, that you'll give them the deep desires of their heart and fill their soul with the Holy Ghost, heal their sick bodies, and take them into your kingdom at the end of this life. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. How wonderful. How marvelous. The Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask you something. Each one that raised your hand, I promise to pray for the sick tonight. And each one that raised your hand, will you do me a favor? And you that thought you should have raised your hand, as soon as the healing service is over, will you walk up here and pray a little while around the, around the altar here with the brothers and things? Will you do it? I want you to. You do that. That will strength. You got life. If you raise your hand and accept Jesus, he promised to give you eternal life. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Right? Jesus said that. And I want you tonight to come up and to give your heart to Christ and meet the after prayer service for the sick. Now, how many in here have got prayer cards? Let's see your hands. How many? What comes about you? Hundred and what, what number? What's the letter? All right. 
a hundred. This brother here, while he stands here, he raised his hand a while ago, seeking God. Isn't that right, brother? God bless you. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray for you, brother, and lay your hands upon you. I want you to believe that you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I believe that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Do you believe it? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. This man comes to receive the Holy Ghost. I lay my hands upon him in the name of Jesus Christ. May he now receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. May he never leave from under this tent until the Holy Ghost has taken over, full surrender to him, and he has taken his life and has made him a new creature in Christ Jesus. Grant it, Lord, this blessing I ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Now go rejoicing. Go happy. God give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Ghost? Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Goodness. Meekness. Gentleness. Patience. Pain. Is that right? That's the Holy Ghost. What's the apple tree? How do you know it's the apple tree? Because it's got apples on it. How you wake up the Holy Ghost? Because you're bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Is that right? That's the Holy Ghost. All right. How many things did Jesus raise to the dead here tonight? Give every gift his blessing. If he will come to this platform tonight and do exactly the way he did when we shared a powerful body using our flesh through faith, through gifts, will you accept him and believe him? How many will do that? Raise your hand. All right? That's good. Something we got wet and we got the microphones is mixed up. Was it? See if you cut through on this one here. All right, that's better. All right, now I want to ask you something. Say I never hope one of these things on. I don't know what you're going to try to run. Okay? I choked myself in it, wasn't it? Oh, thank you very much. All right. All right. I'm here tonight to represent something. I'm here to tell you that Jesus has raised from the dead. That Jesus said when he was here on earth that in himself he could do nothing. Did he say it? He said, I can do nothing in myself. The Son can do nothing but what the Father shows me to do, that I do. Is that right? Then he, a woman could touch his garment and could pull God through Christ. That was his flesh. That's the reason he got weak. God never got weak. But God in Christ went out of him and made him weak. Virtue. Is that right? His strength of the Spirit went out of him. That's how he got weak. He said, I talked to a woman at a well and told her what her secrets were. Is that right? All right. That was, that was Jesus yesterday. That's Jesus today. Is that right? A Jew come to him, a staunch Jew. And another Jew had got saved and went and found him. About several miles around behind the mountain, maybe talking a day's journey. When he came on, he said, Come see who we found. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And that staunch Jew, real good, full, I'd say, um, evangelical brother, he said, Now could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, Come see me. They went arm in arm, walked up where Jesus was standing. Jesus looked at him, said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. How did he know him? He might be a deceiver. He might have been anything else but an Israelite and no God, honest and upright. And it's astonished him. 
He said, Rabbi, how did you know me? Well, I said, before Philip called you, when you were under that tree, when he come up, I saw you. What did he say? Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Now, what did the self-starchy Pharisees say? They said, he's the fortune teller. He's Beelzebub, the chief of the devil. And Jesus said, you can say that about me and I'll forgive you. But down in Shreveport, Louisiana, in so many words, or anywhere in the world, when the Holy Ghost has come and does the same things that you speak against it, it will never be forgiven you. And this world or the world will come. You be the choice. You make your choice. Christ has raised from the dead and is doing the same tonight that he did then. He didn't heal everybody he come to. I asked you to show me the Bible where he healed everybody. I'll show you where he went through a pool where the most crippled up masses of people that you've ever seen or heard of. Lame, halt, blind, withered, twisted, and everything else lame. And went to a man that had an infirmity. 38 years, TV or something. He could walk around. Said, well, thou be made whole. The father showed him to go there. He hunted through the crowd where he found him. So there he is. Said, will you be made whole? I watched Jesus knew he was there and knew how long he'd been sick. Is that right? Said, take up your bed and go to your house. Walked right away and left multitudes. Thousands times thousands of twisted, lame, halt, and blind. He did just as the Father showed him. And if that's what he did then, he'll do the same thing tonight. Do you believe it? And did everybody that was healed by Jesus, did he know they were going to be healed? No, sir. Many of them was healed upon their own faith. Blind man followed him one day. Two of them. They said, have mercy on us. Thou son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. He just went on down the street. No vision. Went into the house. They brought the blind man in the house. Said, have mercy on us. He turned around to him and touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. Is that right? Amen. Be it unto you. They believed. And their eyes were open. One woman couldn't even get to him. She just touched the board of his garment. He didn't feel it, not by his physical feeling, but he turned and told her, and she was healed. Said her faith made her well. Many places in the Bible. Certainly, it's based upon your faith. When the blind, when the epileptic child comes to the Lord Jesus, the Father brought him, said, I brought him to the disciples, and he could be nothing. Can you have mercy on us? And he placed it right back on the man. He said, I can't if ye believe. Responsibility on man said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Is that right? Then Jesus cast the spirit out of all. Jesus worked as the Father showed him. St. John 5, 19. May he do the same thing here tonight and prove to you that he's raised the dead. Now, he don't have to do this. And let everybody know that through this divine gift that the Lord has given, I do not do this for a show. God knows that. God don't do it to show you he's God. He does it that in the word might be fulfilled. The Bible says that he took their infirmities and done these things and healed the sick, that it might be fulfilled. Is that right? Which is spoken by the law and the prophet. And he's doing it tonight that this might be fulfilled. That people will be without an excuse in the day of the judgment. You want to shut up your compassions like a turtle in a shell? That's up to you. If you will believe, you'll see great things. So just believe, have faith, and believe God. For what all things are possible to them that believe. Is that right? All right.
Our Heavenly Father, I commit myself unto thee with this audience of people, praying that the great Holy Spirit will come tonight, and through this, nothing that I ever deserve, gifts and callings are without repentance, born in the cradle, Lord, who was there, the great pillar of fire that followed all down along through my age, nothing in my, I'm worse than the least in your kingdom, not worthy to be called your servant, not praying this prayer that this audience is here, Lord, or not trying to be humble. Thou knowest my heart, I'd be a hypocrite. But Lord, I pray this, that you know my heart, and I only yield myself to you, that you'll work through my mind, and through my heart, and through my body, and all my innermost beings, and my, and my outward beings, that it might manifest your lovely Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to fulfill the word that he said, these things that I do, shall you also. Now, Father, this we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, that cure, what was it? Ours. Prayer card, ours. We've been calling all around, every night trying to call different places, one to twenty and twenty, forty to fifty years. And all around, so tonight let's call where? Let's say, let's say 85 to 100. Who has, did you say 100? Did you give out 100? Is there, is there a prayer card 85 here? Let's see. Prayer card R, big R on it, of 85. Is that person here? Right there, all right, that's okay, we can call them there. All right, 85, 86, R, 86, who has R, 86? Would you raise your hand? 86, all right, 87. Now, if your number's calling, you're in a chair and can't get up, just raise your hands, we'll come get you. See, somebody will get you. What was it? All right, 85, 86, 87. Somebody with prayer card R87. Is the lady right there, lady? All right, 87, 88. Who has prayer card R88? Would you raise your hand? 88, all right, sir. 89, raise your hand. 89, all right, 90. Now the prayer cards are given out at 6 o'clock in the afternoon to whosoever wants them. Just as Billy says, there's hardly anybody here can't get them all out. And nobody here to get them. Ah, they used to be a rally for prayer cards getting in line. But he says they have an awful time trying to get enough people to give them to. That's the 89, who has 89? 90. 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Let them line up. We'll see how many we've got. Prayer line goes good. Then we'll start edging this group as far. If we get to go a little farther, the Lord will bless us. Give us a lot of good faith. Let's start then. We'll start back 15 ahead of that and come down. So look at your, your person's card and find out. Sometimes we've got as many as 50 through a line. Visions. Of course, they pack me out afterward, but... That if we get 50 through, be fine. All right. We don't want to stand too many at a time because you just come as your numbers call. Because we might not get but two or three. We don't want to just word them. But now we're looking for prayer card 85 to 100. 85 to 100. 85 to 100. All right. Now, let's all bow our heads real sweetly, sweetly to the Lord. And in this, say so many words. Lord Jesus. I am bowing to thee. I bow to thee, my Lord. I'm going to believe thee tonight. 
I'm sick and needy. I don't even have a prayer closet. But Lord Jesus, you speak to your servant and let him speak to me and he'll increase my faith to believe in him. And I'll do all that in within me to serve you the rest of my days. Heavenly Father, I pray that through Christ's name that you'll give us a marvelous service now. Now, Lord, here stands people in this prayer line under this tent that I've never seen in my life. I don't know them. And here I stand, a boy with a seventh grade education. Oh, God. What a, I'm as helpless without you, Lord. These people, many of them, know me for years and years. Brother Moore, your servant, Brother Brown, and others that followed me across the world. Meetings of people I couldn't even speak their language. Hear the Holy Spirit come right down. Tell them all about them. Father, it's for your glory. Tens of thousands times thousands has come to worship the Lord Jesus to it. And this I humbly thank thee that you gave me the privilege of having a part in serving you and letting me come into this world to show my appreciation of my Savior that you let me serve your people while I'm serving you. Now help me again tonight, won't you, Lord, as the vindication of your presence. And thou knowest my heart that all praise and all glory and all honor goes to thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just rather wait till he gets on. I brother just asked me for what about praying for these handkerchiefs. I have initial handkerchiefs just stand up home, Jerusalem Billy Dan, I'll send you one. And uh, we have great success in praying for the sick that way. But I, I rather feel the anointing of the spirit of that than I I feel more like sending it to you. Now I want to look along the prayer line. I want all your prayer line up this way to be used in the prayer line. I support is brother is brother you have to prayer line here, Brother Ashley. Okay. Oh, Art, I don't think there's a person there that I know. Are you all strangers to me, Ray Shane? I don't know you. How many out there you know that I don't know you? Raise your hands. I don't know you. Now, if he's unbelievers, you're looking at that. I watch the Holy Spirit. If he does come, now Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. I keep this down. I've just been announced by the, my boy that tomorrow night is the last of the healing services for me. So you get your stick out tomorrow night. Look, I look, friend, I want you to look this way and believe with all your heart. If Jesus Christ died at Calvary and there he settled to God the full penalty for sin and sickness, then it's all settled. Is that right? It's all settled. Then there's not a person in the world that could do anything towards healing you. It's already been done. No one could save you. It's already been done. The only thing that you have to do is confess your faith in it. Is that right? How many know the works is finished? When Jesus died, his head said it's finished, it was finished forever. Right? Then as far as any man coming to you say, I have power to heal you, he's telling you something wrong. I got something here I can put on you to heal you. That's wrong. 
All these things could ever be done to heal you were done there at Calvary. He was wounded for your transgressions. By his stripes you were healed. You were healed. Now the only thing you were saved. Many here got saved a while ago, raised up their hands. They were saved 1900 years ago. They just accepted it now. Fountain was open, whosoever will. That's what was paid for. You just now accept it. Now, the only thing that a man could do towards healing would be to preach to you the Bible. Some of the elders and pastors anoint you with oil. That's their ministry. Others lay hands on you. That's their ministry. As my humble ministry that the Lord has given, that's birth, is this. To see visions, foresee things. Before they happen and see things that's already happened. And by that, it brings the people to a realization. Now, preaching the gospel, that's the Holy Spirit does that. Teaching the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit does that. Foreseeing things and foretelling things, that's the Holy Spirit. It's all God. It's gifts in the church. It's a shame they cut so many of them out. Valuable gifts. There's gifts of speaking in tongues. There's gifts of interpretation of tongues. It's been misused correctly. But that don't take it out of the churches. There anyhow. There's gifts of prophecy. There's prophets and gifts of prophecy. Now there's gifts of prophecy that's just in the church. But a prophet is born to prophet. Every prophet that ever in the world was born to prophet. Gifts and callings are without repentance. That's the five major gifts of the body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. God puts them in the church itself. We only got a lot of make-believe preachers, a lot of make-believe prophets, but God puts them in himself. And he speaks of his gifts. He testifies of them. Now look here. Here's a bunch of people standing in this line, 15 or 20, or what they're called. There's people sitting out there that I know nothing about. And if the Holy Spirit will come down and anoint me, and if they don't believe me, it won't happen anyhow. Not me, it's you. You're the one. It wasn't Jesus that healed the woman. It was the woman that got healing herself by believing you. See? She touched him. Now, he's the high priest tonight. That can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You can touch him if you're sick. Say, Lord, touch me. I'm touching you. Watch him turn around and speak to you. Now, if he'll do that, and these people here that I know nothing about, if he will do the same thing that he did when he was here with every person that raised their hand that you believe on him and worship him. Is that right? Lord bless you. I have talked to you just a minute, baby. You come. Give me usher for some of your prayer cards when you come up and come to us. Now, I just want you to stand here with you. And I'm waiting. Now, I'm going to ask the audience. That's raining outside. I want you to be just as quiet as you can for just a few moments. Just, just a little bit. And see what the Holy Spirit will do. Now, everyone be expecting. Just don't say, oh, oh, oh. Don't do that. Just step quiet. Say, dear God, with all of my heart, I come to you. I come to you. Watch him turn and call you. Watch him in the prayer. If you come in the prayer line critically, watch him tell you your condition. And I'd be afraid to tell you what would happen. Well, the man sitting here seen what happened. The prince comes to the platform paralyzed yet tonight. A man comes to the meeting and stepped back over the front before thousands of people had hypnotized him. And was there, he'd make go to army camps to make uh, boys bark like dogs and hypnotize him. And they a bunch of fanatics brought him up there to hypnotize me in the meeting. The Holy Spirit turned around and said, You child of the devil? And rebuked him. 
and you packed him out of the building. Feel that way. Another man comes, one of epileptic fell, he had his church, and there was unbelievers. That happened up here at Jonesboro, Arkansas. Sitting in the church there with a big bunch of his people. I said, put your head down. He said, I don't have to. Epileptic fell, said, I wouldn't go off the child. I said, Lord, you see his critical condition. Don't let this child suffer for him. And I said, say you believe the boy. And 28 received epilepsy in the room. Phoenix, Arizona, an official of the city, sat there and wouldn't put his head down. He got arrogant, just real hostile about it. Brother Moore, remember tonight, Brother Brown, went about two months after that, they pulled me over his wife. They were hanging on to my trouser legs like that through the mud over in California. They had to step back there and go, ha, ha, ha. Whiskers hanging over his face completely insane. We're not playing church, friends. It's the Holy Spirit. Not me, it's Him. So be careful what you do. Uh, come wherever. Come respect Him. Stand still now. God does nothing. You want to worship Him? That's wonderful. And I'll be real rare. Now, this lady thing, I suppose, sister, you and I are strangers. Did you raise your hand to one another? I don't know you. You don't know me. And here we are meeting the first time. Is that right? That's the first time. Now, the lady... Now, you would just raise up your hands so people can see this dark first time meeting in life. Right. I know nothing of her. She knows nothing of me. Now, what if she's sick? What if there's something else wrong? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But here is a very similar picture of what happened up at uh, Samaria one day. The Lord Jesus, a man in flesh, and a Samaritan woman. And they met and began to talk to one another. And Jesus carried a conversation with them. He said, bring me a drink. She said, it's not customary for Jews to have anything good in Did you ever read that? You know the story. And he said, but if you know who you talk to, you ask me for a drink. Well, the conversation went on. Went away. And while Jesus looked right at her and said, go get your husband. He found her trouble, wasn't he? said, go get that. What was the matter with her? Is that right? Is that what's the matter with her? Friend? What? Say, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. That's right, she got time. She said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She said, Now we know that one of the Messiah cometh. You believe Jesus was the Messiah? Say, one of the Messiah cometh. He'll tell us these things, tell us all things. But who are you? He said, I'm he. Now, if that was the sign of the Messiah, the Messiah is the anointed of God. If that was the sign of the Messiah in Galilee 1900 years ago, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, it's the sign of the Messiah tonight after 1900 years. Is that right? Yeah. Now, the unbelievers never will believe, but the believers will believe. Now, I'm just talking to you in this same manner, knowing I'm just a, a, a man saying you're talking to me and don't know me. But I perceive that you are a believer. You're a Christian. Is a sinner or a critic? Seems like there's something cold about him. The Spirit is on me now. And I'm waiting for it to move to you so I can see what's happening. Now, if the Lord Jesus, sister, will let me know what you're standing there for, knowing that I don't know, and He'll let me know, would you believe that and He's going to give you what you're asking for? He will. All right, maybe grant it with my sincere prayer. For I, I know that every person has things they need, sometimes it's it's help. Sometimes it's uh, domestic troubles, and sometimes it's uh, like the woman had. And, and sometimes it's financial troubles. And he helps us with finances. He feeds me and my family. He feeds us all like he does his birth. 
And I, he, if we're sick, he knows what's wrong with us. He knows the man had that infirmity 38 years. He knew about it. Turned around and asked him, what was your reason in their minds about those things? He knows all things, doesn't he? Now, Jesus talked to the woman of contacting her spirit. Always a do. Father told him to go up there. That's all. He's what I've done. That's it. So here's when the woman comes out. But for you, now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in you under control of the Holy Spirit. May they act as I speak. Um, the lady's extremely nervous. She's suffering from a nervous condition. I can hear her walking in the house. Nervous. Holding her hands, putting her fingers up when she sits down. Moving her hands like that when she sits. It's something or other. She's looking at her doctor or something. It's about, it's on her shoulder. Back line. And let's see, I didn't hear just what he said. It's a little place, it's a little, it's a, he called it a sit. That's what he did. And I see you, you've got a kind of a rectal trouble. And I see a, either a clinic or a hospital or something, it was an operation of some sort. Or it was a fistula operation. And that's been some time ago and hasn't healed up yet. That's right. Thus saith the Holy Spirit. That's true, isn't it? Do you believe that this now that's on me, not your brother, but on me? Jesus said, These signs shall follow them and believe if they raise their hands on the sick, they will get well. You believe it? Heavenly Father, I curse the disease of her body and lay hands upon her in Christ's name that she'll be made well. Amen. God bless you now. Just go have faith in God. Do you believe? Do you really have faith? How do you believe? You and I are, are strange to each other. I do not know yet. But he does know you. You just somebody give you a prayer card, your number just has to be called. That's, that's the only thing there is. I bet if I raise your hand, and we're total strangers. But Jesus knows you from the foundation of the world, and He knew me from the foundation. And when we come on earth, we come only by His will, His sovereign grace, us here. He said it, He brought us to this time. He gave me His grace to become a Christian. He gave you His, his grace to become a Christian, or you are a Christian. All right. Then he gives me a gift to speak to you about him. And that's the only thing I can do, is And you're suffering with an extremely nervous condition. Very nervous. So much of that. So much that you get trembling and you're got things all the time. Then you're you got a lot of fluid in your body. Excess fluid. Say you've had an operation too. Some time ago, that operation was the cause of that fluid. They'd done the wrong thing. That's right. And that's why fluid is getting ever since. Now, you believe that God is here to take it away from you? Your God, if you're so present, 
to know the human life. How present are you, Lord? As close as our hearts is to us. And now, in behalf of my sister, I pray this prayer of intercession and ask you, Lord God, to rebuke the devil that tormented this woman and let her be made well through Christ's name. Amen. Now, ladies, I tell you what I want you to do, that you know that it's pleasing. Tonight, when you go home, I want you to take a string and put it around. Make it. For how big the string is. Then tomorrow night, before coming, measure yourself and get it cut off of that string, how much you shrunk between this and tomorrow night, they let you go to death. So you do it, you, ladies. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Are you believing? That's what Jesus said for you to do. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Praise the Lord. You believe God heals you that back trouble, lady? You believe He make you well? You do? All right, you can have your healing in. Your faith. Praise the Lord. Thou canst believe. All things are possible. I don't know it. Only God knows. As far as I know. But we're strange to one another, are we? I don't know. You look healthy enough to me. A bit pale. But you look healthy enough. But God does know your condition. God knows what you're here for. I don't. But if He will reveal to you what you're here for, will you believe? There's something about the one in the street. Yes, sir? But you're here for somebody else. And that somebody else is a relative to your husband. And that is his big grandmother. That's right, isn't that right? She's dying of cancer. That is right. Your husband might wear that smoking stuff. He would have thrown a little cigarette down. That's right, isn't it? That was past his pocket now. He just throwing things out. Read a great from his mother. I believe God hears prayer. Not reading your mind. Not at all. But Jesus Christ is saying here, you're aware of that. Yes, you are indeed, too. Yes, you are indeed. You're an extremely nervous woman. And another thing, you have a, a condition of your blood. It's a low blood pressure. You've tried and tried and tried to gain weight and you can't do it. That's right. Is that right? That's stuff there for Now, you believe you're in his presence? You accepting now for everything you've asked for? That Heavenly Father, I'll lay hands upon this woman and condemn the devil as has been tormenting and ask that Jesus Christ take over. In Christ's name, I ask this. Amen. How could you disbelieve? Well, what more can you do? If thou canst believe, all things are possible. If thou canst believe, 
Amen. But you've got to believe. Jesus said, if you can believe, then all things are possible. Praise the Lord. How wonderful. Have faith. Something happened. I couldn't see where it was at. Somebody got healed in the audience just then. It's right through here somewhere. Start praying. Don't let the devil get that body. Now you're my brother. Now you're my brother. God bless you. Go on your own rejoicing and be 
You believe the Lord Jesus healed you that bad trouble sitting back there, lady? If you believe with all your heart, you may receive it. Just as you speak in the lady right here, got high blood pressure sitting there all about you from the end, and you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ to take it away from you, lady? You do the strike look at dress on. You believe with all your heart, raise up your hand if you believe. Raise up your hand. There you are. All right. The Lord bless you. You receive it. Hallelujah. I challenge you to Christ to believe. If you look to Christ right now, 